0: Welcome to Around the Outside, the podcast for the Formula One fanatic with me,
1: Chris Moss and Jake Peach. Thank you for stopping by and listening to the podcast. We really hope you've been enjoying the latest episodes here. Uh, And don't forget, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you'll never miss that new episode. Also, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. For all the latest news from us, just search Around the Outside podcast on Facebook and we're at ATOPodcast underscore on Twitter and Instagram. In this episode, we'll
0: be looking back at the second race of the Red Bull ring for the Austrian Grand Prix and we'll also be looking at the latest F1 news, of which there is plenty, Uh, and also a preview for
1: a different looking but equally exciting British Grand Prix. But first of all, before we get into all of that and the race coming on back to us here on home soil for the British Grand Prix, let's look back at the Austrian Grand Prix um, from last time out, the second uh, race around the red Bull ring before we had the steering grand prix in this very bumper calendar we've got going on this season and well just max dominated basically and lewis had no answer whatsoever red Bull increasing their advantage and really sharpening their edge on the championship uh, it's looking pretty dominant at the moment for the guys at red Bull, isn't it
0: yeah, yeah i mean it was, a, it was a much worse uh Race race for the Mercedes team, obviously losing out both in constructors and drivers again. Lewis obviously getting damage in the race, um, and just yeah, ended up not even being able to keep up with Valtteri or even Lando. Um, but yeah, bit bit of a struggle. But you know, Nigel Mansell always said like the home crowd always gave him seven eight tenths of a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's gonna definitely need that kind of an advantage uh, for this weekend coming up.
1: It was a raucous uh, atmosphere, wasn't there? We had orange flares literally going off the whole time uh, and basically the whole of the Netherlands descended mm. on the Red Bull ring to support it was Max Verstappen. Nice, it,
0: it was nice to see a lot of support from McLaren as well.
1: Yeah, and too, that Lando Norris pointed out uh, that, that, that it was therefore uh, very, very clever and witty from, from Lando. Um, but that, that floor damage, yeah, that, that Lewis picked up really cost him in the race um, made, made his pace drop off quite dramatically. Picked up that damage um going into turn one on the big yellow sort of sausage curves almost did like a skateboard trick with his car so that really cost him in the race but talking about lando norris and the support he had at the race so supposedly um he's been nothing but sensational he's scored a point at every single race this season and that's nine races down and a podium at a third of those races, uh, of course, picking up one at the Austrian Grand Prix. Quite remarkable what he's doing at McLaren, isn't it?
0: Yeah, he's, I mean, he's shown just why he's at, you know, such a, a good team. Like, McLaren are definitely an up and coming team that are fighting, you know, for regular podiums. I mean, you know, they've had three this season already, you know, and say, if you look back at the statistics since the hybrid era started, McLaren are very much back on the way up, and it's only No positive stuff for next year's rule changes
1: yeah and this was despite lando picking up a five second penalty for supposedly forcing sergio perez uh, off the track in a little battle they had in the in the sort of early part of the race and there was a lot of controversy around this a lot of commentators were saying it's not really a penalty more of a racing incident perez kind of shouldn't have tried to hang it around uh, the outside when there wasn't much room left there. How did you judge it, Chris? Cause I thought it was a bit harsh on Lando.
0: I think the best person that summed this up was Christian Horner. When he said, even he thought it was a racing incident. When, when your own team principal isn't backing you, you kind of realize that maybe the stewards have got this one wrong. Um, But it also then affected Perez in his race. I don't know whether Red Bull ended up telling him that Lando actually got a penalty, but Perez basically did tit for tat a couple more times and, you know, got got himself into trouble with uh, everything. But, you know, we've seen it before in races. Sometimes you just need to let off some steam.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was a a bit of a bizarre weekend in terms of the steward's office, but, um, you know, we're not, we're not not throwing any shade here, just sharing our opinions. And um, uh, let's talk about George Russell. Um, he had such a, an impressive display in the steering GP the week before, uh, was looking like oh, he was there on merit in P8, um, only to be hounded by mechanical problems and um, the pneumatics and the pressure and the hydraulics uh, in his Williams car forced him out of that race. Um, he was looking really good for P10, not as quite as quick in, in this Grand Prix, um, but couldn't hold off Alonso um, until the end of the race. And Alonso himself was actually really gutted that he took P10 away from George Russell, which would have been his first points with Williams in 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 Formula One. Um, gutted for Russell, but he's you know he's 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 really making people look up um, and putting off some impressive displays.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think. He, he would probably be my driver of the weekend just because he got that Williams car into qualifying three. I mean, you know, he had an absolute, a fantastic weekend. You know, it's the first time since I think it was Monza 2018, 2019. Well, one of them two years, uh, last time a Williams car qualified into Q3. And more importantly, in dry conditions as well. That was pure pace from George Russell to get that car there.
1: And on the medium tyre as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you know, so, I mean, it's unfortunate that he couldn't get the point, but I mean, George Russell looks, you know, phenomenal at the minute. He's in very much the best form he's been in at Williams. He's, you know, again, almost throughout his entire career, he's always been on the verge of that point, but he's he's there, he's ready. He just needs that last bit of luck just to get over the line in 10th.
1: Yeah, a lot or better. Yeah, a lot of talent, but certainly always some luck needed in, in Formula One. Uh, we'll talk about the rumours that are surrounding George Russell in a short while in the news section. Um, let's come on to Valtteri Bottas. He made people. Very much aware again that he can still put together a very strong Grand Prix and capitalise on any errors or lack of pace from other cars, in this case Hamilton with that flawed damage, finishing in second second place and obviously no match for Verstappen quite clearly but picking up some valuable points for Mercedes in the Constructors title.
0: Yeah, I think um, it was was clear that Mercedes were thinking about uh, the Constructors when the call got made to switch Lewis and Valtteri around. Um, I don't think I mean, it was going to be a worse scenario if Lando got past Bottas because Hamilton was a sitting duck. So I think in that sort of terms, at least keep the second place, even with just one of the drivers. Um, But yeah, no, it was was a difficult call. I'm sure it was one Toto Wolff and the team didn't want to make, but Bottas was there when, when Mercedes needed him. And that's not too many times this season that they've been able to say that.
1: Yeah, no, not at all. Uh, Some reaction that just made me think of that, some reaction off the back of uh, Lewis Hamilton radioing during the race uh, when Lando was giving him a a really good fight in in the early part, and then later on obviously got got past him, uh, saying that Lando was such a great driver. A bit bit of reaction off the back of the race saying that he was saying that because he wanted Lando to be his teammate at Mercedes in the future. But of course, Lando's just signed a new long-term deal with McLaren, so that wasn't going to happen. But some of the reactions you see online sometimes it's like hello, hello join the dots up come on um I, I think though
0: like sometimes you've got to look outside the box i mean lewis obviously you know he was part of the mclaren program uh, when he was younger um and obviously lando's obviously a british driver as well so it's, it's nice to see like other drivers supporting you know upcoming talents and lando's definitely one of them along with george russell they're both fantastic british drivers um whom I'm sure Lewis would love to, you know, see them do and have success in Formula One,
1: you know, after he's gone as well. Very good point. Very good point, seeing it like that. Um, very wise. Um, moving on to final point in the race, really. Not, apart from that, there wasn't really much else to mention, really, was there, Chris? But we're going to um cap off by. Um, talking about Carlos Sainz, who picked up an impressive fifth place, considering Ferrari's kind of roller coaster performance this season. One moment it's terrible in France, the next minute it's it's quite pacey in in Monaco, uh, and now it's kind of back in the midfield. You don't really know where to place Ferrari this season.
0: Yeah, no, it's I um, well, just had a very quiet afternoon and got got you know points for it. But no, Sainz, yeah, did an incredible race. Um, fifth place nothing to be sniffed at obviously he's had a podium this year as well the only Ferrari podium um, we've seen so you know it's again it's a stepping stone of being it's his first season with the Scuderia um, any point is probably a welcome point at this at this moment in time
1: yeah very much so and um, of course they'll be uh, trying to look to capitalise uh, on anything they can get out of that car um, Matteo Benotto saying they haven't really bought any kind of developments or working on anything towards this year's car and be fully firm, firmly focusing uh, on next year's car when the of course the big regulation changes uh, come through alright that's pretty much it to look back on of the Austrian Grand Prix let's move on to the latest news in the world of Formula 1 F1 has
0: committed to scholarships and placements for people from underrepresented backgrounds, a movement which has been backed and fueled by Lewis Hamilton's report into diversity into the sport. There will be 10 engineering scholars across six universities, five of which will be here in the UK and one in Italy. With the scholarship providing full cost to the students' tuition together, both myself and Jake here around the outside think it is long overdue.
1: Yeah, of course, long overdue and um, we don't see many people from those uh, backgrounds in Formula One and it's a great move that has been fuelled by Lewis Hamilton. I, I think without his kind of urge to improve this uh, section of the sport and uh, his support for the Black Lives Matter movement as well through that he's been showing on display in, in kind of before the races and on podiums and that kind of thing. Um, we wouldn't be where we are now and I think it's uh, in, incredibly progressive from Formula One to commit to this and uh, yeah, it should have happened a long time ago. So uh, definitely great to see that happening and uh, it's one that we Of course, fully support and uh, really want to see that come into fruition in the next few years. Um, Let's touch on probably the biggest driver saga at the moment and one that is lighting the fire of silly season, George Russell. Now, coming into this weekend, there was ample speculation he was going to mercedes we now know that there won't be an announcement on where he's driving this season for a little while. Uh, speaking to uh, another podcast, the F1 Nation podcast, uh, George Russell said there won't be an announcement this weekend. You're going to have to wait um, and it's not set necessarily going to be uh, for to Mercedes. But Red Bull have been stirring the pot uh, in the moments after that, saying that they will be thinking about him for 2022. <laughs> it's all happening, isn't it, Chris?
0: I mean, another thing was uh, George Russell on Twitter saying that there's going to be an announcement as well. Uh, that announcement being that he's got a new helmet design for this <laughs> uh, Silly season, very much uh, fully underway with, you know, the likes of Lewis Hamilton and Lando getting uh, new contracts. Um, so people already started to move about. I mean, we saw it, you know, before the season even started last year, you know, science going to Ferrari, F- uh, Vettel losing his seat. And, you know, we had it right at the end of the season where Perez then got the final Red Bull seat. So, silly season's very much underway now. Um, but it's very interesting, Red Bull saying that they're interested in George Russell with, you know, Perez doing pretty well at Red Bull, to be fair.
1: Can you see George Russell viably going to Red Bull or is that really kind of uh, a massive pipe dream?
0: I mean, I don't see it happening because what's the point of having the Red Bull junior programme?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, they've proved that wrong, though, haven't they? This season, you know, that hasn't haven't he hasn't come from the Perez, of course, hasn't come from the young drive program. I know it's one exception, but if they can break the rule once, so they could do it again.
0: Yeah, potential, but you know, again, it would just kind of put a mockery on on, on you know what they're building.
1: Yeah, of course. <laughs> Ambitious team
0: Aston Martin have come out in the last couple of days saying that it's realistically be four or five years before they can you know wage a title fight. I mean, seeing as we've got new new rules for next year, Jake, they've got you know a big name in Aston Martin given funding, and, that, and obviously they came fourth in the championship last year. Uh, it's you know that's that's kind of a big step backwards, I'd say, for for such a team.
1: Yeah, well, they've they've put a lot of money into it, haven't they? And um, they were trying to capitalize on the momentum that Racing Point. Had, of course, um, from last season before they rebranded as Aston Martin. And, of course, Lawrence Stroll, who owns the team, really getting behind that. But Lawrence Stroll made these comments himself. He came out and said it will probably be... Uh, that long uh, maybe underestimated the scale of the mountain that they had to climb with the dominance of Red Bull and Mercedes and and teams like that um, but yeah they're really trying to make a difference they've got to be big restructuring going on there at the moment we've mentioned here on on the podcast they've been poaching a couple of people from from Red Bull to try and improve their design and, and performance and um, but who knows I think all of this at the moment is pure speculation because one team could crack that code for next season get the design uh, of their 2022 cars um, on point and of course that that car and that team will come out in front whoever that'll be it's just a mystery you can't call it it could be someone completely different indeed i mean four to five years is quite a long time away
0: i mean they've signed sebastian vettel uh, this season do you still see a project you know four or five years down the the pipeline something that he'd want to be part of i mean he's not this season you know he's obviously been revitalizing his former glory years but would you say he'd want to be in the sport within the next 5 years after you know probably the last 5 years he's had where it's not been easy going for him
1: it's hard to picture it, not it really for vettel hanging around for that long um or maybe maybe it's not seeing vettel as being a part of that but actually in these years that he's with Aston Martin right now he's a big part of Building the foundations for that kind of Eureka moment, if you like,
0: bit, bit like what Schumacher did with Mercedes.
1: Before yeah, completely. Left. Yeah, of course. And um, coming on board with Ross Brawn there, and yeah. And then uh, Hamilton came into the team uh, in 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 2013, the last year of the V8s, and then you know the the hybrid era was was well, you know, the rest is history with Mercedes. So. You'd, yeah, you'd, you, I think it's going to be kind of that arrangement. Um, I'm, I'm sure Lance Stroll will be still knocking about uh, if, if Lawrence still owns the team because it's his son. And yeah, why wouldn't you keep your son in, in, your, in your own team if Lance Stroll, the
0: new Kimi Wackeners.
1: Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I think that's the kind of project that seems to be going along there. And um, it would be nice to see Aston Martin coming out on top in, in, in that time and, and it may actually, you know, with the, the idea of these new regulations is to mix things up a little bit and if we see a new dominant force uh, each season and hopefully if teams don't get too clever and work out what the status quo is and how they need to get there with that, then yeah, we could see new teams coming to the front every 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 year on the grid. And part of the rules for 2022 and beyond is of course the, the wind tunnel time and the development. So teams that are at the back of the grid, um, like for example at the moment Haas or Williams, would get more time to develop their car compared to Mercedes right now or Red Bull, who are at the front of the grid and would have less time to wind tunnel. And, and you would think, um, if they're not too efficient, make too many improvements as people would have more wind tunnel time. So. Yeah, it's an interesting one to play out. And moving on to Alfa Romeo, um, big news from there this this week. They've committed to staying in Formula One by joining forces with Sauber, of course, who run the team in the background for the next two years at least. And this will, of course, be positive news for people in the Ferrari Drivers Academy, lots of drivers in F2 and F3 in the Sport Series at the moment. Um, Of course, Alfa Romeo, that is seen as the sister team to Ferrari, have been running their power units since 2010. How important, Chris, is this a development for not just the team, for Alpha Romeo, but for Formula One as well?
0: It's, it's a huge step. I mean, we saw, you know, Aston Martin come in. They were originally sponsoring Red Bull. They've come in as their own team now. I think to have such a big name like Alpha Romeo as well, and especially for Italian motorsport, having two big Italian brands in Formula One, you know... It, it, it's better for, you know, racing. People, you know, you get the likes of Williams um, and uh, smaller teams, like that. But people recognise the big brands. People want to watch because of the big brands. You know, you've got Mercedes, you've got Red Bull, you've got Ferrari. These are big, big brands that appeal to a, a mass of people. Al- Al- Alfa Romeo, obviously, first ever champions back when the sport started they've got a lot of history with Formula 1 and to, to keep them in the sport, I think not only do Alfa, Maria, Alfa Romeo need that, but F1 need that as well.
1: Yeah, a lot of heritage yeah, and and the sponsors that can be brought in with such a, a brand and a manufacturer like that. uh, It seems a bit of a no-brainer, really. And I'm sure some strings were pulled to make that happen if there were some doubts. Um, Moving on to about Esteban Ocon, Chris.
0: Yes, Esteban Ocon is going to be running a new chassis for the British Grand Prix uh, to eradicate any worries about his lack of performance and technical issues with the car. You know, we've already seen Bottas and Hamilton swap chassis this season uh, between France and Baku. Um, But obviously, since uh, the uh, the French Grand Prix, has Ocon, um, he's not really been showing much of what he can do. He's been sort of very much on the back burner to Fernando um, very much since he signed this new contract, uh, taking him into the next couple of seasons. Um, do you think this chassis change is going to make a huge bit of difference, Jake?
1: I feel like when I look at chassis changes and I, and I hear about them um, um, and going off of historical data... Um, the the chassis change that Bottas and Hamilton did in France didn't really seem to make a difference. So um, I don't have any kind of um, many hopes that this will will change Fortune, unless there's been some real technical issues running through uh, that Alpine that we don't know about. Um, And my point about swapping chassis between cars, I feel like it's more of a... um, what's the word? A placebo kind of move, a placebo effect to make Esteban Ocon think that things are different but actually probably won't make much of a difference. I think that that's what kind of... I think that's the result of uh, when, when chassis changes happen because at the end of the day, like, if your teammate is driving better than you, it's probably because they're performing better than you in how they drive the car and not the equipment because technically, both equipment, uh, both cars are meant to be equal machinery. So... Um, I don't know how much I read into that, but I could be wrong. I'm not an engineer or mechanic, so um, we'll see if that makes a difference at all. Uh, moving on to our final bit of news now, the owner of in the Indianapolis circuit, um, Roger Pence, who is, of course, a name you'd recognize uh, in, in American motorsport, has not ruled out a return to the circuit for Formula One. Um, an F1 race was last staged there, if you remember, in the season of 2007, the inaugural of Lewis Hamilton. Um did you enjoy this track, Chris? And most importantly, if it was to come back now, we've got races in uh, Miami and uh, Austin in Texas coming. Do you feel like this track would fit into modern day F1? I mean, I, I quite like the
0: Indianapolis circuit. Um, it was quite good, uh, apart from 2005. Um, but it gave a lot of good racing. Um, I mean, Ferrari tech did quite well there. Yeah. Um, you know, we saw Lewis, say, winning his two races in a row, his first ever two Grand Prixs after Canada the week before in 2007. Um, but then, yeah, obviously chalked off of, um, of the calendar. Um, I think it'll be one, I think, you know, the likes of Fernando Alonso, Kimi Raikkonen might be quite happy to go back to being, having raced there. Obviously, Fernando did try to go for the Indy 500, Um So I think, you know, potentially it could be quite a nice track to go back to. Um, But obviously next year we've got Miami, um, we've obviously got Austin as well. And there's probably a few other tracks that, you know, would quite like to be up there for racing an F1 uh, car again. Um, So whether it does come and uh, we we do race there again, I'd quite like to see it. Um, But, you know, it's very much down to... um, you know, Liberty Media and, uh, and obviously Roger Penske.
1: Yeah, of course. Um, uh, I, I think what the races we saw around there were, were good for the, 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 that era of car as well. I, I, I don't know if it would suit the current sort of versions of cars. I mean, of course they would make it work, but, um, I think there was something about the V8s that worked quite nicely around that track and kind of belongs in that chapter, Of the past. Uh, All right, that's all the latest news now uh, in this week for Formula One. Let's move on to a very exciting British Grand Prix and how things look a bit different this weekend.
0: So, this weekend uh, obviously is one I have certainly been waiting for for a long, long time. Um, It is the British Grand Prix. Expected 25 degrees at a sunny Silverstone. A hot track day could spice up the race, as we all know the Pirelli tyres do love that Silverstone asphalt. Not only is it just the British Grand Prix, but also the first of three sprint mode races to be held across this season.
1: Yeah, these sprint races uh, is a new format that we've been talking a little bit here on the podcast. and has been rumoured to uh, be given the go ahead for a while. And this is going to be the first one taking place, as Chris said. Uh, the sprint races they'll have a minor edge for the championship as well because they're giving a chance of a total of 29 points for the race weekend instead of 26 with the fastest lap added onto to that. Uh, also a possible 49 points for a double one two for the Constructors title. Uh, it's the most points in a race weekend on offer since the 2014 Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, where if you remember, there was a, a trial put on there where double points were on offer for the final season finale, which kind of shook up the championship in, in that Uh, Season The sprint mode will be 100 kilometres, which is about 17 laps of Silverstone. Uh, There'll be no mandatory pit stops, so you don't have to come in for new tyres. You can choose what compound you want to be on as well. And there'll be points for the top three. So uh, three for the winner, two for second and and one for third. This will also mean a change for the schedule.
0: Um, Obviously, Formula 1 normally having practice on the Friday, uh, a practice session normally on a Saturday. And then, uh, obviously, a qualifying session on a Saturday afternoon. Um, Obviously, this time, uh, things are changing because the sprint race will be on the Saturday afternoon where qualifying would normally be. So they're literally having just two practice sessions for this uh, Grand Prix. Uh, The first practice session will be on Friday morning. Uh, and then in the evening, uh, or the same sort of time as um, FP2 would normally be, will be qualifying, like right? the actual qualifying session where you have Q1, Q2 and Q3. Uh, and there'll be a second practice the day after on Saturday. So basically a little warm-up event uh, before the sprint race. Uh, obviously, the guys that qualify in the orders in qualifying will be how they set up on the grid um, for the sprint race. Uh, they can only use soft tyres in qualifying. Um So they will get a free choice of tyres for the actual main Grand Prix on the Sunday and the results of that sprint race will then give us the grid for the Grand Prix. Bit of a um, change up. I'm not too sure how I like it, to be fair, Jake, but it does make Sunday's race a bit more of a grip fest.
1: Yeah, yeah, a little bit uh, and uh, loses the emphasis on trying to conserve tyres in qualifying and all of that. Um, and and the whole idea, I guess, of the sprint race is to see something that we saw similar to the end of the Baku uh, Grand Prix, the sort of two-lap shootout where we had that red flag and Verstappen um, crashing out of the race. We got a little taste of it then. Um, Hamilton's come out and talked about this sprint race format. He thinks it's just going to be a train, um, which will be... Of course, no different to what we what we see normally in, in a Grand Prix, perhaps. Um, but we could see something completely thrown up. Um, it's it's something that, of course, has never been really done before. So we we can't really predict how it's going to go. But I'm sure it will provide a, a, a really exciting spectacle and hopefully draw more fans to watch over the over the weekend including yourself chris because of course you're going uh on the sunday albeit but you'll be of course watching um across the across the weekend and um going on the sunday it could mix up the grid maybe because sprint races there could be there could be all things going on people crashing out the stakes are higher yes i mean the the massive positive
0: is that obviously the grid can shake up a lot, you know, if a big name, say like Verstappen or Hamilton, crash out in the sprint race, they're at the back of the grid for the Grand Prix. You know, that's crazy to think of, but it also works the other way where, you know, again, if Verstappen or Hamilton, Bottas, Perez, a big name drops out in Q1, they can make up the places in the sprint race and have a little bit better starting position for the actual Grand Prix. I think, The biggest, I mean, it's not going to go to any one driver, but whoever starts 11th no longer has that advantage of fresh tyres. Everybody's going to be on fresh tyres for the Grand Prix. So, you know, it's good that in a way they've told them everyone's going to be on softs, go out there, sit your lap and, you know, do what you can. It's going to make qualifying a lot more competitive, I feel, because everybody will be on the same tyres. So there'll be no, oh, are they on this tyre or on this tyre? A bit like with George Russell qualifying into Q3 or mediums. We won't have any of that. It'll be all soft ties. It'll be pure pace. That is what F one wants to see. What fans want to see. Um, but you know, it's still going to be quite nervy, especially you know, if you're a big name and you don't really want to mess up. You're doing two races over a weekend.
1: Yeah, it's. I think that's. I think that's the most exciting thing about it. But also the 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 fact of when you're talking about the. Um, the, the true pace of cars now—they're all going to be on the same compound, and it's down literally to the driver and and their performance in in all of the sessions. It's it's really going to test them and and push the limit and kind of take away that extra practice session. Uh, you know, we're we're keen to see what happens with practice, but we're not really interested, are we? Compared to what happens in races, they're they're the exciting parts um right of course well predictions are going to be a little bit different for this episode at the end uh for the british grand prix because we've got predictions to make for yeah we've got predictions to make for qualifying and then we've got predictions to make for who we think will finish at the end of the sprint race and then also who will finish the actual grand prix so basically two two more lots of three lots in total to predict which is a lot, uh, right? Um, and this is this could be anyone's bag. So how how on earth do we predict this, Chris? I have no idea where I start. Oh, I don't know.
0: I mean, I did enjoy the fact that I said Lando third place in Austria.
1: Yeah, that was a, that was a nice shout, and when it, and you and you got there yeah. right, but that was in that was in the normal format. Try predicting this.
0: It, oh, I feel well. Qualifying is going to be very predictable. I feel. I feel. It's going to be between Red Bull and Mercedes. Oh, I mean, Lewis didn't get pole last year at the British Grand Prix. So it's going to be interesting. I feel like with the fact we've got fans there, he's got a better chance. So I'm going to stick Lewis on pole.
1: I would say the same. Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, Hamilton on pole for, for his home race. Come on, we have to get behind him. Even if it might not happen, we have to get behind him. Um, yeah,
0: what are you thinking for the sprint race?
1: Though? Uh oh, I, I I don't think I can. I can. I, I don't know. It's so it's so difficult. But if Hamilton's predicting it's gonna be a train, then you know I, I feel like it's gonna be. Um, yeah, it's gonna be a train. Um, let's go for. I want Hamilton to win it just because it'll be, it'll be interesting. And um, but do we know anything about the fuel mixtures that they can run in these sprint races as well? Do they have to run the same fuel mixtures like they would in now with the new regulations coming?
0: It'll be, well, I'd imagine, what it would be like in the Grand Prix. Like maybe not the full amount of fuel, yeah. but like fuel for their distance.
1: Full for the distance, because in qualifying they have to use the same engine mode. And yeah, yeah, carry that engine yeah, mode into yeah, all, the race. All of that will be the same, yeah. All of it will be the same. Fair enough. Because um, I didn't know if like there could be engine modes at play, because it'd probably give Mercedes nah. a bit more of an advantage there. Nah. Um, do you think Hamilton will win the sprint race?
0: Uh, I can see Hamilton potentially winning it. Um, it'll be close, though. I think Max is going to be on his tail. Um, yeah, of course. So I mean, they're going to be top two for for my sprint mode race guesses okay but
1: mm-hmm. um, uh, who's going first
0: <laughs> Lewis come on it's British Grand Prix Lewis, okay. we, we, we need Lewis yeah, to yeah. do well we need him to catch up to Max to make of this championship more exciting yeah.
1: Um, uh, yeah so Verstappen second I think for both of us we're saying that yeah Yeah. Um. <sighs> who on earth do we pick as a podium
0: I want this guy <laughs> you, you can see it I'll say it in a second Norris I want, I yeah. want this guy I'm, I want Norris well, on the podium <laughs>
1: You know, they did well in the straight-line speed um, at Austria. Um, uh, Hamilton was commenting on that, actually, in the race, that their straight-line speed was it was pretty impressive. So I have to agree with you for once. Oh, my God, look at this. Oh, Harmonious Jesus. predictions. What's going on? Can, can you be a little bit less boring for the actual race predictions? Now? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if any, if any of these crash out, then um, it'll be very interesting. So, yes. as we said... The grid set for the race will be decided by the finishing order of the sprint race the day before. So, so
0: if, for instance, Hamilton wins the sprint race or Max wins the f- sprint race, whoever wins yeah. starts on pole. Whoever's second, starts second. Whoever's 20th in that race, whoever they retired, starts 20th. That is yeah, how it exactly. is.
1: Exactly. So, in, in that case... Um, I want Hamilton to pick up the second rate. Well, come on, we want a clean sweep. Clean sweep. Um, Hamilton will... It's going to win both. Um, I'm going to go for... Oh God, it's looking like the same predictions, isn't it, Chris? Oh. Um, no, because I'm changing mine up. Oh, OK. I'm going to stick with the same. I can't see it changing too much. So you're, you're
0: going ham the nor
1: Yes, ham the nor Is that is that a new one? So that's not a new uh, new combination. I I don't think we've had Lewis
0: Max and Lando
1: on a podium, have we? I can't. I don't think so. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) um, what are you predicting for second and third for Um, the 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 actual Grand Prix? The the set as we know it.
0: So I want Lewis to win. Obviously, I'm going there to Mm. um, to see the Brits. Yeah. I want nothing more than to see lando in second for a british one two and i'm just wow i I mean it's not gonna happen but (laughs) george russell for first
1: (laughs) (laughs) are you being serious
0: um i mean it's not gonna happen so i'm gonna not put that but i'd love it If if we could have a triple british podium that would be amazing um but i'm going to i'm gonna give some love to Daniel Ricciardo, it's where, he, really got his, we, it's where he got his. he his debut. It's where he got his debut. We, yeah, it's where he got his debut. You think McLaren
1: will be? You think McLaren will be that dominant?
0: I I feel Ricciardo had a great race.
1: <laughs> you know,
0: he was battling. He's starting you know, to get his, a grip he, on the car. Yeah, exactly. And it's a track he's got podiums at before. It's a track he got his debut at. You know, I, I want to see McLaren do well. Fair so. enough. I'm I'm gonna give some Ricardo love.
1: Cool. All right. Well, um, there we go. There are crazy predictions for for this Grand Prix. uh, Who? uh, Well, I say Grand Prix, the sprint race and the main Grand Prix on the Sunday for. For Silverstone, uh, who knows what way it's gonna go? Um, I mean, be, bef- put it this way if my predictions come true, uh, it's
0: going to be one hell of a race. I know,
1: I know, yeah, and, and one that's going to be very exciting to, to watch. Um, and I really hope the sprint race does kind of go against our predictions, but it's hard for me to feel that that will be the case. Um, before we leave you on this episode of Around the Outside, Chris, of course. We haven't mentioned it too much, have we, in the last few weeks, but you're actually going to be at the Grand Prix on Sunday, the main race uh, on the circuit. So if there's anyone that listens to Around the Outside and um, wants to meet up with Chris and um, get all nerdy about Formula 1 or how he's enjoying the race, just come and say hi to him. Um, Please do drop us uh, a message on our socials. We are Around the Outside. Uh, podcast on facebook or at Podcast underscore on twitter and instagram uh yeah just come say hi to chris and uh, i'm sure he'll he'll love to see you and hear from you uh um, yeah
0: definitely definitely i mean i'm, the I'm race. fortunate enough that I, I do know a couple of people that are going to the race ah. um, so i can definitely you know talk to them uh, get get their opinions on things never know might you know See if they ever want to come on and you know, talk about their experience of you know going to a Grand Prix at some point as well as a as a cheeky bonus episode.
1: <laughs> That'd be wicked. Um, well, Chris, um, for, of course, very much enjoy the Grand Prix. I'm very jealous that I can't go this this uh, this year. Uh, I have entered some...
0: Just try and tempt me into spending eight hundred pounds to go to Abu Dhabi.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know. I did, I did see that the other day. It was, te- it was tempting, but um, money. Um, I have entered some competitions to win some tickets to the Grand Prix, so this could change by the time this is finished recording. But I, I doubt. You know, I, you know, I never, I never win anything.
0: <laughs> Who knows? It's going to be an early start. That's all I know.
1: Yeah, I might be there. Probably won't. But uh, Chris, enjoy Who your knows? time enjoy your time there, Um, and I'm sure we'll hear all about it on on the next episode um, (laughs) of of Around the Outside Um, Jake here with you along with Chris Moss Um, we'll see you next time thank you very much for listening
0: cheers take care and enjoy the Grand Prix